Hello, my name is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 181 of Gaming with Grief. I'm calling this episode a part of me deep dive, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there. Let me know what you think of the show, leave a comment, things like that. Or you can write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there again, write me an email, let me know what you think of the show, how you heard about the show, stuff like that. You can also support to and subscribe to the show on either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and the audio goes up day and date on YouTube uh, Monday at 7 a.m. So go there, interact with the shows there. Please leave the stars, the reviews, the likes. I got a lot of views on the political podcast uh, on YouTube that my friend Avid and I do we do that together. I usually have them on this show. Uh, the most views I've ever got on a video is like 20. So I'm hoping to get that maybe into the higher double digits. Anyway, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. Um, yeah, this episode, uh, I wanted to go into a part of me a little more with like the themes and things like that. And there is a, if you go to the A Part of Me app, uh, I think this is a part of me dot app. Uh, they got a podcast from BBC News that came out on October 12, 2021. It's about 25 minutes long. It's called People Fixing the World. And they talk to people about a part of me and what this means to them as a game. And it's really great. They get into game development, which I will talk about later. But I like things like this. I did it earlier on with Senua's uh, Sacrifice because they did a whole documentary about people with psychosis and um, things like that. And it, it was really amazing. You know, when they really... With with the the you know sinuous sacrifice, um, you know they had time to interview these people, play the game for them, and say you know is this reflective of your experience having psychosis and things like that, um, and it was really heartfelt you know how they designed the game and they were always thinking about that and I think at the time too that game, a very small studio and so any kind of deep dive into the development of a game there was also the game I did about uh, unfortunately. Um, I'm totally blanking on the name, and it was a terrible game because the parents lost their, I think, two-year-old to uh, cancer. Um, I know um, the there was a documentary I covered called Thank You, um, and uh, it was very sad. It was linked to me the other... Um, oh, That Dragon Cancer was the game. Um, so any kind of like window into people developing or, or, or thinking about games like this I enjoy, and this was another one. Again, this was done by the BBC uh, on October 12th. 2021 um and they open it up with talking about uh it's okay with not being okay which i've talked about a lot in this show and i'm kind of blown away more people don't i guess subscribe to that man you know just to tell someone hey i'm fine you know not everybody has to be you don't have to be amazing incredible great sometimes you could just say i'm fine i'm fine you know i'm here i'm fine i'm having a good day uh i like that they brought this up again then they start talking to henry who's german uh, and he brought up the same story that I did in the interview, uh, the one about the, the child's uh, father dying of cancer. But he also dealt with grief. Um, uh, Henry's father also died of cancer. So that first story that I read in the, you know, in my initial impressions, that's he was talking about that as well. And they played a little bit of that in the podcast. So I thought it was interesting that we it was like, wow, these are kind of amazing touchstones. I know it's the first story. But it does hit you really hard just hearing people tell their story. In fact, I got an alert because I played the game for a bit and then quit. I got an alert saying, hey, uh, a part of me has more stories to share. You know, click on the, you know, keep playing to hear more people's uh, testimonials. So I was like, wow, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, 
Uh, he actually later in the episode, sorry, I was looking through my notes. Henry later in the episode actually recorded his own story in German for the German version of the game, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know if it, I don't know if they add more stories and updates. They didn't really go into that. Couldn't really find stuff on the website, but he they they had they were in the audio booth with him while he was talking about what it was like to lose his uh, father. So I thought that was kind of amazing. And they they, they actually the 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 psychologist they talked to, um, I didn't get their name, but they were talking about how they you know nowadays with the internet and feedback. They can really know the moment someone has a problem with something or when they QA test or test something. They know immediately if something is triggering for someone. And it, it, it's it's good to process your grief or process your trauma. But I, I don't know. I'd actually like to talk to a psychologist about the line between triggering and processing and how you kind of, I mean, really ride the line to not go back to your old feelings or backslide or whatever, or just get in this horrible place, but really look at your your stuff head on, you know, I'd, I'd like to see how they do that. So, um, but they talk about that all the time with game development. They can get instant access to know, oh, people dropped off at this point or through QA testing. Our QA tester said this was really rough. So maybe we should take this story out, you know, and put it somewhere else, something like that, just to make the game a little bit, um, um, you know, make it a little easier for people. They had this one quote I thought was interesting. It said, with grief, there's no winning. So how do you contextualize that in a game? And I know in the game, like I said in my early impressions, that like they, you know, basically it's like you're trying to be a guide. You're trying to help people through this horrible thing in their life. And so that's kind of like how they uh, talk about, you know, kind of uh, contextualize everything. You're just trying to help other people. You're in a terrible place to go through something terrible and then talk to people about it later, which I really enjoy. Um, Because you can't win. There's no winning grief. It just kind of, you know, comes in waves. Um, for me, anyway. Um, and then they talked to Gem Lab, which is gaming for uh, gaming for emotional. Um, oh, uh, oh, emotional clarity. Sorry, I wrote something in the margin, which is like a terrible decision. Um, there's a there's a game called Mind Light, which they talked about a lot, called Anxiety, and they interviewed. Uh, uh, interviewed Isabella Generic, and she talked about um, that it was interesting, like with Mind Light, she was letting, she's like, kids are so malleable, my kids were playing it, and it's a game uh, about anxiety. And um, she said, you know, <clears throat> when you start introducing these terms, you know, like, uh, you know, what, how did she put it? Like her brain speak and stuff. In that game, her kids were using that same vocabulary. So now they knew what they're like. This isn't, <clears throat> she said part of it was kids were probably messing with her. But part of it too was like there was a genuine moment when they're like, oh, this is why I feel this way. And they had the words to contextualize how they felt because they used the same language in the game, a game about anxiety, a game called Mind Light, which I did not play. I couldn't find. Um, well, I just, I, I, I was doing all this. I didn't want to tack on another game, really. But, yeah, she talked about how, um, you know, kids started using this. So as long as you educate kids and tell them this is how, this is what this could be, this is what this is, then kids get more and more savvy to it and start understanding that this is how I, you know, just like I said in the quick look, it's, it's crazy they go through guided meditation, you know, in the game, in, um, in a part of me. So you could sit there, breathe in, and I always started doing it. And my, excuse me. As I was doing, my wife's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm actually just doing guided meditation. She's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, it's in this game, which I thought was pretty amazing. 
Um, and here's the darker side of the interview. So they keep talking uh, to Isabella Generic, and they, they talk about how hard it is to develop these kind of games because Mindlight, the game she mentioned earlier, actually took uh, $1 to $3 million to just make the game through funding because they had to do it for years and they're doing testing and all this. $1 to $3 million. Um, funding is still a problem. Um, she also said games should not replace therapy, but she actually, in a way, subscribed games or, uh, you know, was okay with talking to patients about games, which I think is pretty cool because um, she said she had a patient that was very unresponsive to normal therapists, didn't really want to open up. And then um, and then she said one of her patients mentioned, you know, she just started talking about hobbies and they mentioned they play games and, she's, and she plays games. So she's like, well, what do you play? And they, the patient said, well, I play Call of Duty. And she goes, well, do you like the new one or the one that came out last year? Because, you know, she was like kind of bonding over. I'm like, I don't really like the multiplayer and the new one. The single player one and the old one's good, though, too. So like, I don't really know. And like they just kind of started talking about the game, you know, and that was really how the person opened up. She said, again, games should not replace therapy, but it's a good way to connect with the audience. And she goes, not every game has to do with grief. She even brought up Spirit Fair, which I brought up on this podcast before. Spirit Fair is a great game. I think the problem with it, for me, it was very long. I might go back and revisit it and see where I'm at. Um, but, uh, you know, Spirit Fair does deal with grief. And so she said, if that's a way for people to contextualize their feelings, she will often tell clients, go play this game, especially if they like games. It's another way to detach from how you feel. Maybe you look at something from the outside. I think that's why I do this podcast. I kind of, you look at grief through someone else's eyes and how they contextualize grief. And again, not to say people are wrong or right or whatever. You know, I, I imagine people have the right intention. Uh, truth be told, there was kind of a terrible line in uh, Gotham Knights. Uh, it's been pretty good dealing with grief so far, uh, but there's a terrible line in it. And I like games like this. A part of me where Team System says, okay, how do we encapsulate this idea of grief into a thing? Let's look at these trials and do testing and like really try to incorporate, you know, data into the game as opposed to just where who do we shoot and where do we shoot them you know to try to do something else with game development which i think is another powerful part and when you try to describe games to people why it gets difficult to tell people no it's more than just grand theft auto it's more like this person is dealing with the death of their parents in this game you know uh, this person is dealing with uh her friend group moving on you know or whatever like it's or uh you know her people deal with identity you know it's all that kind of stuff of like, who am I? Uh, what am I doing? Uh, and a part of me does that great. Again, for them, it wasn't about winning. It was about, uh, you know, how do we contextualize experience? Because we know with grief, you don't win. What do we do? And it was really depressing at the end of the, uh, the podcast to hear, hey, nobody wants to spend $3 million on a game. I will say they wanted it free, which makes sense because if you're dealing with grief, I don't. I didn't see on their website like a donation tab. Maybe there was. I know it was done. <clears throat> they got some of the funding from the government, so that probably helped. I would just think that if there's got to be a way, it sounds terrible to monetize it. Um, but I think a lot of these people have, like with Spirit Fair, that's like a twenty or thirty dollar game. There's, um, I mean, tons of games uh, that I've covered on the pod. All have a price. Luckily, you can get them as part of Game Pass, but they are being monetized in a way. And so, um, but I think, I think what's cool, like there's a game Celeste, I don't know if I've ever talked about Celeste on this podcast, but basically you're Celeste, you're trying to climb a mountain. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, it's, sometimes it doesn't have to be subtle. Uh, the main character Celeste is trying to climb a mountain. 
She has a dark side, a dark Celeste that's following her. Uh, I, I will get into this game more, but basically the idea is you're trying to conquer your anxiety. And the whole game is really about conquering your anxiety. In fact, when you die in that game, there's some challenging, challenging platform sections in that game. Uh, you know, I think I've talked about this before, but uh, the game, but, you know, you, you have a little load screen that says, hey, you can do it. It's okay. You've, you know, you're fine. And the whole game is about dealing with anxiety, which I, I think is a great thing. But in, the, but in the game, it's, you know, they're like, what do we, I really want to talk about anxiety, but I got to make this really difficult puzzle platform thing. So people talking about how tight that is when really not sneak in, but I can kind of, I can be, you know, uh, tuck in this idea of anxiety and stuff like that. And I think, you know, not to say that Mind Light isn't a good game and everything, but I think there is... Uh, you know, there's like this balance between commerce and uh, philosophy that needs to happen. And I think when you tip it one way, like there's been novels I've read where the novels are not compelling, but you can tell that the author is trying to pitch some kind of philosophy or narrative or whatever. And, and, and the characters aren't well developed. You know, it's basically just spewing the author's philosophy in different ways. I think Ayn Rand is uh, notorious for this. I've read, I tried to read uh, the Fountainhead. I got like 85 pages in. Not The Fountainhead. Oh, I tried to read Atlas Shrugged. And because of that, I will never read The Fountainhead. But it's the idea, I got like 80 some odd pages in it. It was the idea that, oh, these characters are just there to speak your thoughts. Like they're not well-rounded. They're not, they don't have any kind of emotional stakes in the world around them. They are literally just placeholders for your philosophy. I don't feel... <clears throat> genuinely moved. Now, a lot of people got moved by Ayn Rand's philosophy. They think it's really great. Um, but, you know, it kind of spawned libertarianism, I believe. But, you know, I think that's the wrong way to go. And so I think for Mind Light, to be like, hey, we want to make a game about anxiety. It's like, why don't you make a good game but uses anxiety as a theme, kind of in a way. Like, that may be a way for those people to monetize a game. Because I want to see more stuff like A Part of Me and Mind Light and things like that. And making it free saying, well, this is about grief. You know, it's great that it's on the nose and everything, but I, I think in the long run probably won't help them, you know, do more. And so that's why I think games like Celeste, I mean, that's why I think games coming up like Nino Kuni, like your mom dies in the beginning of that. Like I bring that game up a lot, but that was affecting me. I mean, that was Studio Ghibli who does tons of Japanese animation uh, that's beautiful. And it's it moves you to tears just with someone's mom dying in the beginning of the game. You're like, this is what it could be. This is, this is, you know, this is, this is really a good game that's animated well about this kid going off to this magical realm, but he's really there to save his mom's life or trying to. And to me, that's what's good. And so a part of me is good so far, but I, you know, I, it, there's this part of me that's like, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, we'll see if it sticks at the landing of themes. I'm going to obviously finish it up probably today. And, um, you know, the next episode will be me doing a deep dive into that, but uh, I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, uh, www.gamewithgrief. Uh, go there. It hits Monday, 7 a.m. Go there. Leave a comment. Let me know anything of the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast on either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify. Go to those places. You know, uh, subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff. You can also find the podcast um, you know, on YouTube day and date. The audio goes up the same day. Um, and uh, write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. That's it for this week, guys. Uh, have a good week, and I will talk to you again next week.